Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of July 18th, 2022. Alongside Hunter Pulaski and Petoskey, I am Peter Garber in Chicago, Illinois. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture needs, it's Reed. Indeed, in this week's episode, we'll take you around the tours, including wrapping up the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational at beautiful Midland Country Club here in Michigan over the weekend. In the local look, Hunter really wants, for some reason, wants to talk about me playing terrible in the green code at Birchwood Country Club, so we'll do that. Maybe even preview a little bit of what's coming up at the Cook Cup at Petoskey Bayview Country Club and just laugh at how bad I am at golf. Uh... Plus results from the Michigan Junior Amateur, which is now in the books. We'll take a quick look at the first ever Adaptive Open featuring all Adaptive athletes. Actually have a little local tie-in with a uh, a gal who's at the top of the women's leaderboard right now. We'll tell you who that is. And then we'll look forward to the 3M Open just a little west of here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, TPC Twin Cities. Get you our winners and losers from the weekend at the open championship but first yes we need to talk about that open championship rory's heartbreak is cam's triumph at the home of golf st andrews what an emotional roller coaster of a week and a sunday morning afternoon hunter your takeaways from the 150th playing of the open championship one by Cameron Smith. Well, first off, I'm sorry. I feel uh, <laughs> feel bad. We have to come back and like recant all of this from from Sunday. I'm sure you weren't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the best. Your finest moment uh, on that Sunday, but it was. It was a blast, Peter. I know. I know outcomes didn't didn't uh, fall how we wanted them to, but that was a very fun golf tournament to watch. I had buddies like the. Buddies, I know it's 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 a good golf tournament. When I have buddies that don't could care less about golf, saying they're watching it and how fun, like how how good the golf is. So, oh, I'm so glad everyone had a great time watching the tournament. Yeah, I would have to say that. When did you stop having a bad time watching the tournament? Because I have to imagine, like up until some point during Sunday, you were having an okay time. No, I hated the whole thing. <laughs> 39 straight holes of two putting. Is that even, is that really real? Is yes. that a real stat? Yes, it is. I think that, that should just go to show how many times. He's talking about Rory McIlroy. You guys didn't know already and you can't guess. It sure and was the reason guess. I'm upset, for those of you who don't know, is... Yes, I was pulling as hard as any single human can pull for a professional athlete for Rory. And he just couldn't do it. <laughs> he just couldn't do it. And I just, it's, it just leaves you with a, a sense of. I can't tell if you're frozen. Hopelessness and <laughs> something is fundamentally wrong here to lead us. To where Rory McIlroy is not going to win this golf tournament. It's just sad. That's all I can say. It's just like live. Oh, God. Everything Here in golf go. right now just makes me sad. <laughs> because it's not the way that it should be. Damn it, Rory should have won that tournament. And he couldn't put it in the ocean from the beach. And that was the <laughs> only thing that stopped him from winning. Because he hit the ball beautifully. For the most part, he got a little defensive coming down the stretch, but my goodness, just knock a couple in. Yeah. And you're the 150th Open champion. You've broken your major drought. I mean, you he just – I don't know, Hunter. I'm Why think, didn't he win that tournament? I'm sorry to think he will never win. He didn't one. even get second. That's okay. I'm glad you just said that because it's almost like Cameron Young doesn't exist in this world. The way people are talking right now, it was like a he two, doesn't exist. It was he like doesn't a, exist to me. It was like a two horse race. Just, and and what a footnote. And what Cameron Young did that 65 on Sunday meant nothing to anybody. 
I don't get it. It was, I mean, he is just And he missed overrun. like a three and a half footer on the first hole for par, which is like, that was so easy. Yeah. So he bogeyed the first hole and I'm like, good, get him out of here. Get him out of here. That's one less thing Rory has to worry about. I knew Cam would go nuts with his putter because he didn't make anything the day before. And as all of us golfers know, golf is, is kind of like in every other day kind of a thing you know like it's you play really good it's hard to back it up you play really bad you're probably not going to play that bad again the next day so it was kind of like you know watch out for cameron smith rory because he's probably going to make a bunch of birdies you're gonna have to eclipse 20 under or at least touch 20 under but yeah, I thought Cameron Young was going to go the way of Victor Hovland, who played terribly on Sunday. But that, I mean, I all credit to Cameron Young. That was a fluky two that he made on eighteen, but to get into second. But really, the story of the Open Championship. All apologies to Cameron Smith. Is Rory McIlroy to be in that position? He was leading Cam by four. Right, when they teed off, uh, it was sixteen and twelve. Yes, yeah, two at sixteen, two at twelve. Still four at my last count. Yeah. So yeah. you're up by four. You're in the last group. Everyone chasing you is in front of you. The guy you're playing with is is going down his leg. I mean, maybe that kind of hurt him in a sense that Hovland was a non-factor. And in that sense, Cam kind of snuck up on him because Cam didn't play well on the front nine either. But then he turned and made four birdies in a row and five out of six. So, but Rory, can't you can't say, well, he could not have been surprised by that. There's so many birdie holes out there. Like he had to know I'm going to have to go out and shoot at least a few under par. And I don't know. I mean, what did you make of the way that Rory played on Sunday? Uh, I, I think I think you kind of touched on it a little bit with, I think the fact that Vic couldn't make a putt was definitely like, like had to like there's that happens all the time when either guys start making putts together in a group or they start missing putts together in a group. And that was just a case of there was saran wrap over top of the whole whatever like. Cam Smith, as he picked up the ball, put Saran wrap over the hole for the last group, and they couldn't make a thing. None of them could either. And I don't yeah, think Victor was, played like struck the ball that bad, but like he just couldn't. He had like that ten footer on one, and he missed that, and that just sets the tone for the entire day. When he has a pretty, he has two good looks in the first two holes, misses them both, and it just sets the tone for the rest of the day at that point. So it was the opposite of the day before when Rory and Hovland made everything. And then of course the hot group was the second to last group, meaning Cam Smith and Cam Young, the Cams, who were making birdies all over the place on the back nine. And it was as if the final group was playing a completely different golf course. I mean, they were in all the same spots off the tee. They're in largely the same spots on the greens. The group ahead made their birdies, paid off their opportunities. The group behind you know, and Rory looked so good over his putter all week leading up to that point. I mean, there were a few different, the second shot into 14 was kind of defensive. I don't know why you play that to 40 feet when the guys in front of you just both made birdie on that hole, hitting it in close, but hit a great shot on 17. Knock that in, dude, knock that in. And all you need is birdie on the last to force a playoff, but he couldn't make that one either. Yeah, I saw it was a compilation of all of his missed putts on Sunday. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say that they were bad. Like he missed two that I think he like absolutely should have made, but he was just burning every single edge that he could possibly find. It was just edge after edge after edge. I don't, I don't, I don't this is uh, such a such a cru- such a cruel game. I mean, he had to feel so deflated. Oh, I, I saw. Losing I saw reports tournament. that like he met his wife in the parking lot, which is like just bawling his eyes out, like very emotional. I mean, he's got to feel like if he. <laughs> I don't think he wins another major. 
if he can't win this oh, one, here we here we go. Here we go with <laughs> if the he can't win from Connor. Here this we one. go. What is he doing? Here we go. Okay, well that's let me go. Now that you've said that, let me go see if I can get a number for him to win it. Win in April at Augusta. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it hurt. It hurt. It hurts for all the Rory backers, and it doesn't surprise me to do this. An all-time emotional letdown, and you could almost see it going through his mind, his face sort of changing in those last few holes, where he realizes I've let this slip away. And of course, it's two, his two poor shots on eighteen to to ultimately end his chances. But you know, that being said. I do want to say kudos to Cameron Smith. I mean, we talked about the fact that these Australians would be comfortable in these firm and fast conditions. He did what he had to do with his driver, which is his weakness. Like just for Cam putting contests are perfect for him. We saw, we just saw him shoot 34 under whatever at Kapalua this year. Like if the man's on the green, look out. You know, if from anywhere he can make it and he can get hot and make a bunch in a row, that's exactly what he did. We talked about on this very podcast last week, he was a candidate to surprise everyone at 25 to one. He was kind of a forgotten guy, hasn't been playing a ton of golf lately. If he could keep his driver out of the fescue, the gorsh and the pot bunkers, the rest of his game set up beautifully. And you saw that. That pitch shot, for example, that he hit on Sunday, uh, I can't remember if that was that 12 or f- 15, but, I mean, just a phenomenal. That's the kind of shot that you see on T. It, he makes it look so easy, and, like, I'll give you a bucket of balls from where he was, and I guarantee you're not getting one inside of where he hit it to about three and a half feet, you know, through that swale with that little – spinny pitch and run. I mean, his short game is so good. It turned into something of a driving and putting contest. And he did just enough with his driver to create those opportunities and finally paid him off on Sunday. So it also shows you, you don't need four great rounds. You need a great four round score. And when it mattered, he made the putts. Yeah, how about that up and down on the one that everyone's talking about, the one seventeen, where I mean, if you give me ten golf balls, seven of them seven of them are in the bunker, and three of them are scald over the back. I think I, I don't. And again, still he has to make a ten. He still has to make a ten, twelve footer there, <laughs> and he makes it, and it's right in the middle, dripping right over the edge with perfect. Like really, when it came down to it. He just out putted everyone. Yeah, that's so hard to beat. Like, I if you are, I think had they been in the same group, Rory would have won because he needed like he. And sometimes that maybe that chaser needs to be right in front of your face instead of a group ahead. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I totally like. There was just there was no juice in that final group. No, it was no. It was and not Hovland's great. lack of Hovland finally paid for his lack of length off the tee. I thought. I mean, you saw Rory the bunkers that Hovland Hovland just that he hit it in too many pot bunkers. And every time I looked Rory up, he was, was he was coming out sideways out of a bunker. I don't know how was, I don't know how he Rory played was, he was so high up the leaderboard. Yeah, he was Rory was carrying the bunkers that Hovland was hitting it into. So, like when we talked about a really good drivers have a huge advantage here. I mean, that just set up so beautifully for Rory. It was all about your driver and your putter having a having a deft touch around the greens, and he just his putter just failed him at the end there. But it, it was such a perfect setup for for Rory and. It doesn't surprise me that he was crying in the parking lot. I was basically crying in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Always, Speaking of crying in the parking lot. It's always next year. Royal Liverpool. I think that's where he won back in 14. So maybe, just maybe. 
Well, speaking of crying in the parking lot, you want to hear about the green coat? Yeah, I just want to. I just want to say for the record, I know that if you're listening to this, you don't care about this. But Hunter forces me to embarrass myself. I want the listen. I want the listeners to remember radio. Listeners need to remember whose show this is. (laughs) We pick the topics, and and this this seems like a good one. So we need to talk about this. Because I can never. Man, I'm bad. What else? Because I, I, I can never. Well, know. the tough thing with you, Peter, is that when you say it was awful, I'm quitting golf. That doesn't necessarily mean it was like. There's different levels of bad. And I just can't. I can't figure out which bad you were actually referring to this past weekend. It All was, I know is that we didn't win. We didn't win. So therefore, if you ain't first, we lost. If you ain't therefore, first, lost. I am bad. I did not do enough, and I hit so many foul balls. Right or left? Both. Oh. Ooh. And golly, man, if I cannot figure out, I got to just, like, finally on the last day, I told Steve, my father-in-law, make me hit a three-wood on eight woods the par five because i had hit one straight instead of hitting a cut the day before and it went so far into the woods over those bunkers on the left birchwood has so many late dog legging par fives but like you really need to be on a certain side of the fairway if you want to be able to have a shot at the green so I said to Steve, just make me hit a three wood there because there's no room for me to hit a driver. Like I either try to thread it up the right and it clips the trees on the right because there's nowhere to hit it up there. Or I just hit it straight and it goes a mile into the trees. So I pull the three wood. We're ahead in our match. I block sliced it into somebody's coffee like almost a hundred yards right of the, where the fairway is. And just at that point, I felt so empty and defeated and terrible. And I hated myself so much that yes, I did want to quit golf at that point. This would help so much if I could remember what hole number eight is. It's just a, it's a downhill tee shot to a gently dog legging left to right fairway with fairway bunkers guarding the left side of the hole and trees on the right uphill second and third shot up to the right. The point is Hunter. I can remember. I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm a four. And you know what? I'm not even a four. I might be a six because, and the other thing was it would have been all right. You know, a couple foul balls, I get it, but I didn't make anything. I probably made like five birdies in three days, you know, two of which you know barely count because they're on par fives. <laughs> like I had one birdie on a par three. I had a couple birdies on a par four. So those were early in the tournament. We won our first match and then we never won another match. We tied two of them. Lost two, but. We never won again. So, so you, you won your first. Golf is golf is mean. Golf is pain. I went through that whole process, and then I went home and watched Rory lose the Open Championship. So, did I wasn't in a great I wasn't in a great place Sunday afternoon. Did Steve make any mention of next year while while on the golf course? Like so, soaking in a little. No, bit. he was pretty tight. He was pretty tight-lipped about that. I don't think he was. He's soak not it, soaking in, Peter. Eager. He's not eager to re-extend the invitation. Uh, so so. And now I have to go play in another one of these damn things because I'm on the member guest tour. Yeah, this is. Th- so I have to go embarrass now. I've I've embarrassed my father-in-law in front of his all his friends <laughs> at his club. Now I get to do the same thing to my brother. <laughs> I uh, you said something uh, when we were doing the open recap. I think you said <laughs> golf is like a game of every other day 
if you play bad one day, you might, you're probably not going to play bad the next day. I don't know why you don't think about that about your own game. It just seems like you're just full of bad. Well, I did. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's like a weird. Yeah. 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 No, you're probably right. I mean, I should, I should, I should listen to myself, but I've definitely played bad two days in a row. I've played bad three days in a row. I meant that more (laughs) as like people who are good at golf. If you're good, you won't play bad like forever. Eventually you'll snap out of it. If you're bad, you just play bad golf. That's what you do. And it's painful. It's terrible. It's like I can find it out there and remind myself, okay, you did use you used to be good at this sport. Like you it's in there somewhere. And then I hit a foul ball hundred yards. Like I missed the trees. I just hit it over the trees into like, it was like the kind of shot that you only have to watch for like a half a second. And then you can go back to your cart and break your three wood in half. I, I finally realized what hole number eight is. You have to, you have to drive past that other par five mm-hmm. on the farms or whatever. Exactly right. Okay. Right. That's I'm on, I'm on, purchase. I am on boards now of, of where you are. Uh, that is a long ways, right? Well, I'm so glad you can picture it. So are you going to only, I should have just hit a five, I should have hit a four iron off that tee and played it as a three shot hole. Well, that was actually my next question. Are you just going to hit four iron this weekend at the cook cup on the front nine? I don't know what to do, Hunter. I'm lost because my driver is still, that was a three wood that I hit. OB foul ball, you know, like way up into the seats. My driver is still my best club. That Bayview, I think I can get away with it for the most part. Yeah. Because you can just punch out. At Birchwood, it's like, no, you're hitting it. You're reteeing. Yeah. yeah you Plus, can. I tried to drive number one on the woods. Nope. Hit it left into the, into the trees, out of the hole. Then the next day, I tried to lay up, still hit it left into the trees with a five iron. There is so much room right. <laughs> I know. Be and more that's room exactly right. where I, Yeah, that's where I was looking. I'm bad. So thank you for forcing me to talk about this now that I'm in a really terrible mood. I think this was good. I think. Oh, I, yeah. I'm I I glad you enjoyed good. it. Yeah. Rory loss. I stink. What's next? <laughs> uh do, do we have to talk about i honestly so another thing about the open this week my sleep schedule is so messed up i was going to bed at like 7 p.m waking up at 3 a.m just ready for golf i fell asleep before the end of the barracuda championship i don't, I don't know who won do you know who won was it yeah Reevee won <laughs> did he end up winning Reevee beat norin by a point yeah Cam Davis was not. Yeah, who uh, had who had who had Chez winning that? I that was that was wild. I don't know. I uh, um. I he's s- been no. He's good in California, but man, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a surprise. And Norin did make quite a charge. Your boy Hubba Hubbard hung in there for a long time. I saw him. He was he was playing well. I'm kind of bummed he withdrew from the 3M because he probably would have played well again this week, and I was gonna blame him in DraftKings, but um yeah congrats to chez on uh on winning the uh the barracuda and thanks to joe stakeo for all the uh pictures and reports from on the ground this week because that was very enjoyable he spent a lot of time following harry higgs who we talked about at 210 to one and did make came out of the gate on sunday made a few birdies and made us believe before he uh, went the other way, but that's always a that's always a fun tournament. And yeah, if you needed to soothe your wounds as a as a Rory backer after that awful experience, it was nice to have the Barracuda to turn to. Yeah, I don't um, I don't want I don't want a ton of Stableford events, but actually I do like the idea of like needing like. Um, what sort of looking for? Like you have to play, uh, like risky golf. Like it's very, like one. If you go bogey, birdie bogey on two holes or par par, you actually get more points for you. You end up getting plus one for the 
bogey birdies. Yes. So yes. so it, yes. it benefits yes. to rewards. Make rewards. Yes. yes, that's what I'm looking for. Rewards. Um, making birdies. So it's it's a it's a fun format. Maybe once a year, twice a year. Once a year is plenty. Yeah. Once a year is plenty. I don't need to see plus forty five up on the. I'll say this: old G hold, old Greenwood held up pretty well. Uh, yeah. I thought they were just yeah. going to go nuts. That course is like kind of sneaky hard. Like a lot of those guys were shooting even par, a couple over. Mm-hmm. I, even the guys that were making the cut. I mean, you saw like Norlander was up there and then he shot a couple negative rounds. I mean, like the course, there's trouble everywhere. It's not dissimilar from from 3M this week, TPC Twin Cities, where you look at it and you're like, man, it's one of those courses where it's like, when you're going, this should be easy when you're going good. But when you start going bad, there's a penalty stroke waiting for you at every, you know, like almost at every turn. Like you miss a fairway and you might be in the water. So, or in the woods or whatever. So interesting because Chez and Norin are, I mean, Norin can bomb it, but you know, those guys are not, not what you think of when you think of traditional DraftKings scorers or birdie makers necessarily. Norin has an awesome short game and uh, Reavy's just kind of like a plotter. Was but, that was that Norin or was that I thought somebody it was either Norin or maybe I don't think it was Cam Davis because I thought he was always in the field but didn't somebody leave the UK like Tuesday night or Wednesday morning to fly to California for this and and they would have gotten in the field because Justin Rose withdrew for Thursday morning. Did you see that? I don't know anything about that. Okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. Somebody, somebody on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning flew from the UK back to California to play in the Barracuda. And then if they would have just waited, they would have gotten the, in the open. And I'm pretty sure it was Alex Norton. Oh, I see what you mean. That's brutal. Very brutal. Yeah. Why'd Rose withdraw? Uh, back, I think. Hmm. Interesting. Well, my picks at the Open Championship and at the Barracuda were not very good, so my apologies. Our hot streak ends at at two weeks. Thankfully, I on the on the back of Jordan Spieth, I lived about another week. He top tens on the number, paying out the full plus one eighty for the top ten. Thank you, Jordan. Really thought he should have he. Could have been right there at the end, but <clears throat> just had a few missteps along the way. Bogey the bogey the par five on the back, and, and just just it continues to miss a lot of putts that you know he used to make. But you know he's always going to be in the mix at the Open Championship because that's just his jam. So thank you to Jordan for keeping me afloat, but uh, not a lot of the juice from. Vince Whaley this weekend at the Barracuda. Brandon Haggy missed the cut. So tough week. And we'll look to get back on track here. I think the, I feel like I have a really good beat on the 3M Open. I think this event is a little easier to handicap. So um, there's some, there's going to be some good plays that I'll give you here towards the end of the episode. Oh, I'm excited. Who isn't excited for the 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities coming off the heels of an all-time historic Open Championship? That's a good question. I can't think of anybody. But first, let's go around the tours, Hunter, because we had a we got to recap what was a, a really fun week. I know a lot of people from up north who went down to Midland to watch the ladies. Obviously, a, a fun format with the with the team event and i i heard some rave reviews about midland country club both just in terms of the golf course and the way that it's set up for uh set up for spectators so if you're thinking about maybe going down and doing that next year i think there are a lot of people ask ask around because there are a lot of people i heard from over the weekend who really really enjoyed it yeah, I think they do a. I think they do a really good job of um, the hospitality side of things, the the fan side of things, making sure it's a very family uh, friendly event. Uh, the 
champions were uh, Jennifer Cupcho and, and uh, Lizette Salas. Uh, that is Salas's first win in uh, since 2014, only her second win on tour. This is uh, Cupcho has been <clears throat> playing very well. She actually she's won. On a t- yeah, she's on a tear. Now. Yeah, she won the um, Chevron Championship, the um, a major beginning of the year in April, and then she also won the Meyer LPGA Classic, the other Michigan event uh, last month. So, uh, Cup- what Cupcho going two for two in the state of Michigan, huh? Not bad. She needs some. She should just move here. Yeah, apparently. So they were. I mean, a little bit of uh, experience between the two players. They were partners for the Solheim Cup uh, down in at Inverness uh, last year, where they went two zero and one. So uh, they ended up winning by. And I made a mistake last episode. Uh, it is not. It wasn't all best ball. It was best ball alternate shot. Best ball alternate shot. Very similar to what the Zurich Classic does. Uh, they fired twenty six under par. Uh, Castron and Tan finished at twenty one. Uh, Lewis and Fossey finished at twenty, and Kang and Chan finished at nineteen to round out the top four. And good on the LPGA again to do that. I think it's so smart to do that Wednesday to do Saturday. I think. It was good for spectators. Have have a great event, and then d- don't try to, you know, compete with the Open Championship the next the next day. Just sort of like, you know, do your thing and get out of the way. And I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's really smart of them to do that Wednesday through Saturday. And by all rights, it was crowded on the grounds. Uh, people enjoyed watching it on TV. So good stuff. Good stuff. Really two great LPGA events in Michigan. I'm hoping that the rocket mortgage is a, is a, is a big success, uh, you know, coming up here for, on the PGA side, but really the LPGA hit it, out of, hit it out of the park on the Michigan events again this year. Yeah. And two, I mean, two really good, two really good venues. It's nice to showcase, um, the two places, uh, Midland Country Club, and um, why am I completely blanking on the Grand Rapids course? Uh, um, B something. Blyfield. Blyfield. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, I think the Saturday or the Wednesday through Saturday is awesome. But I, I think it has something potential. Hopefully, they just continue to do this in the future if the <clears throat> schedule stays the same. But they're over in the UK for the Amundi Evian Championship this week. Thursday through Sunday, so I think it's maybe give them an extra day for travel potentially. Yeah, give them a travel day. Yeah. Um, and then you're gonna. I know you're gonna touch on the uh, uh, what's going on locally, and we have the junior amateur results. But over on the Corn Ferry, uh, a couple familiar names up there. Haley, is that Paul Haley? The second shoots seven under in the final round, twenty-seven under total at the Memorial Health Championship in Springfield, Illinois, to win by three over Austin Eckroat, who uh, you may recognize the name, and Michael Kim, who seems to be having a little bit of a possible resurgence here and has been playing really well uh, this past month or so. Another notable up there, Cole Hammer, uh, shot two under on Sunday to finish at 20 under total in a tie for seventh. He will be in the field this week at the 3M Open. He's very cheap on DraftKings if you want to use him. I think that is a potentially a a good uh, a, a good play, something worth uh, worth considering a young <clears throat> a young talented guy who's looking to make a name for himself in professional golf. So, congratulations to Haley and uh, be on the lookout for, you know, Eckroat has had some good finishes on the PGA. Michael Kim obviously won the John Deere a few years ago. So some familiar names up there on the corn Ferry tour this week. And they are now on their way to spring from Springfield, Illinois to Springfield, Missouri mm. um, this week, as they get near the end of their season before uh, they start the playoffs last year of the, of the corn Ferry tour playoffs from now on, you're going to have to be in that top 30 
and the regular season to be able to move on to the PGA tour. So big opportunity for these guys need to get into the top 75 or into the top 25, depending on where you are to sort of live to fight another day as we uh, sort of get towards the tail end here of both the PGA tour and corn Ferry tour seasons. Well, and that's, that's kind of coming to a close here pretty soon. It's hard to believe it's already end of July almost. Where's... Yeah, and they do this playoff sneak up on you because, you know, they need by what's when's the I mean, we're playing we're starting the 2023 season in September. So it does kind of come up fast uh, in terms of the uh, when the playoffs start. So what happened in the Michigan Junior Am, Hunter? We had <clears throat> we had some history. In the Michigan Junior Am uh, history, by way of uh, Max Vandermolen, uh, f- who is only 14 years old, won the Michigan Junior Am in 21 holes at Augaming uh, Golf Resort Sundance Course this past week. Uh, he is the youngest winner of the championship, and he's the first one ever to win. He won the 15 under division when he was 13 last year. So he decided to play up a division this year, and he won the overall division as well. Uh, he beat <clears throat> he beat Josh Lavely, who's from Quayton. He went to Elk Rapids. Uh, Josh is uh, son of Larry, Larry Lavely, who's the Augaming golf professional. Uh, kind of a knock on me, I guess. I didn't I didn't quite realize who Josh was, but he's he had a pretty good prep career. He's heading to play at uh, Villanova this um this fall so congratulations he was in the field at the he was in the field at the ajga coca-cola as well i think he was our top local local guy you know if you can yeah local finisher so he's been playing some good golf this summer good for that's a fun a fun finale gotta hurt getting beat by a 14 year old but sounds like this kid's pretty talented yeah i think uh i wouldn't take it too hard if i were uh josh i think max seems like he's gonna have a uh a very, very bright, bright future. And then uh, quickly in the 15 and under championship, uh, just because it's his name I recognize, uh, Leandro Pinelli of Rochester Hills. Uh, Pinelli might sound familiar because uh, his brother, uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo uh, has played, I've mentioned his name a few times. Uh, he just played, he was playing in the AJJ event um, and it has, has had, uh, a ton of success up here, so it's that Pinella family is obviously quite talented. And then uh, quickly, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but the tournament champions for um, at Boyne Mountain is next week, July twenty fifth to the twenty seventh. That's I want to say that's thirty six holes at the Monument, eighteen at the Alpine, um, and Auto Black is the defending champion of that event. And then uh, preference for preference for you between the monument and the Alpine quick thoughts on the, on the uh, golf courses over at Boyne mountain. <laughs> you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the monument. I mon- thought maybe there'd be one monument lover out there. Maybe I think you. monument is, is the ninth best course at, at Boyne. Oh, okay. That's a little, <laughs> that's a little harsh. Oh. All right. I shouldn't have asked. I shouldn't have asked. Eight, okay. We, we can, we can agree on eighth. I'll put the Ross behind it if that's what you want. I like the Ross. That's my number one. <laughs> You're sick. <laughs> You're sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then tell us about the adaptive open because this, these are adaptive athletes, yeah. meaning some kind of, you know, some kind of disability or something like that that they're um, – yeah, so uh, I um, need to overcome in order to be able to play golf, and this is the first, first one, first of its kind, right? And this is at Pinehurst. Correct. Yeah, this is at uh, Pinehurst, number six. Uh, started yesterday, running through tomorrow. Uh, this is an event, like Peter said, uh, for disabled people, and there's eight different categories, and these categories uh, have at least five male players and at least two female players in each impairment category. The uh, Categories are arm impairment, leg impairment, multiple limb amputee, vision impairment, intellectual impairment, uh, neurological impairment, seated players, and short stature. 
Peter, if if you haven't or if the listeners yeah. haven't, you have to go to Beth Nichol. So it's not on TV, and it's absolute BS. I don't know why. Like, what what else could we possibly be watching on Golf Channel right now? That's not this. I don't I don't get it. Uh, it's a little frustrating, but Beth Nichols, who works for Golf Week, has done a really good job of talking about all these players, uh, kind of doing a little short story, showing their swings. Um, these people, like, they're good, blow you away. They are so good. Uh, there are 15 players in the field with a handicap index below zero, plus players, <laughs> 15 of them. It is yeah. it, uh, one name that just like... A couple- In case you weren't feeling bad enough about your own golf yeah. game yet. <laughs> yes. Uh, so They're so good. It's ama- It really is amazing. There's a... Um, so a couple names. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you two Two that like really stood out to me. One is uh, a kid by the name of Jake Olson. I don't know if that sounds familiar. He, he was a long snapper for USC. Uh, he just graduated about yep. two or three years ago. He is... 100% blind. His dad plays with him. His dad sets up his golf club to where he needs to hit it and he just it takes him like 2 seconds and he just rips it right down the middle. It is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. And then uh the other guy I want to mention, I can't think of his name. Uh he has cerebral cerebral palsy. He holds a plus 2.7 index. This guy's a this guy's a plus 3. Plus 3 professional. It's, it's unbelievable. Assist, yeah. Assistant professional at Birmingham Country Club in Alabama, and he walks. Everyone else, everyone else is in a cart. I mean, you are more than welcome to take a cart, and he is just out there walking a sixty-five hundred yard golf course. It is like it is it is. Uh, I guess I'm I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because it is really cool to. See. I mean, these players are mind boggling. It's awesome. So if you yeah, haven't, so go like Hunter said. Yeah, Beth Nichols is the follow to yeah. get the uh, to get as much exposure to this a, a, as possible, and it really is. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. So hope, and you're right. This seems to be on T. It seems to be. It seems to be on TV next year. I mean, come on. A Monday through Wednesday event. What are we doing? What? <laughs> I don't need to watch Morning Drive. I can I can skip morning drive this week. No offense to the morning drive crew. Offense. Like offense. This is this <laughs> is more important. Is is fascinating and I mean it's just like the stories are. It's just it's just special. Good on whoever. I don't know who put this together, but. For the players as well. So, and I do have some leaders for you. So, uh, U.S. Army veteran Chad Pfeiffer. Uh, he is um, it looks like it's from his just above his left knee down, amputated. Uh, happened in war. He is leading with a round of seventy after the first round, and then um, Peter mentioned it in the opening. But Kim Moore, who was born without a left leg and with a right club foot, uh, who is the Western Michigan University golf coach, she is leading the women's division. And I didn't realize Kim Moore uh, has has the uh, like a perseverance award for all of women's golf named after her. That's given to to each of the three divisions for the for the player that shows the most perseverance. The Kim Moore Award. So a little little tie to Michigan, um, but this is awesome. Really cool stuff. All right, let's look forward, shall we, to the 3M Open? Yes, let's do it. I think I missed it. We are in the, staying in the Midwest here, so it's a fun time to be a, a Midwesterner and, and follow the game of golf because this, again, will be a course that kind of looks maybe familiar to some of the courses we play in Michigan and Illinois in the Midwest. Um A TPC Twin Cities, Minneapolis, Minnesota, fourth year at this event. You may remember Matthew Wolf breaking through here. Um, that was what back in 2019 now, I guess. Um, and then Cam Champ won here last year. Michael Thompson was the winner in between there. So suits all kinds, um, but resort style golf course, very large 
fairways and greens, but also a lot of water. So what's unique about this course is for one thing, there's a 73% green and regulation average, which is just off the charts high, uh, 6,500 square foot greens. Like if you're, if you want to talk about a quintessential putting contest, you know, this is kind of it. It's also the third least difficult greens on tour, meaning the greens are mostly flat and they're also very well kept and very smooth. hundred percent bent grass. You're going to see putts going at 20 feet is nothing this week. Um, you'll see putts going in from everywhere because the greens are just flat out easy to putt. So you have a high percentage of fairways, high percentage of greens, high percentage of made putts. So why was the winning score only minus 15 last year? Well, because this is also one of the courses on tour where you see the most penalty strokes. So there's, if you miss, you're penalized. So like, if, like I said, at the kind of at the top, if you're going good, you can make lots of birdies. You can make a couple of eagles. There's three par fives here. It's a par 71, 7,400 yards. If you're struggling or you are crooked off the tee, you're going to be splashing. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be taking penalty strokes. So high green and reg percentage, easy golf course, but probably not a great golf course to find your, find your game and find your swing. A good golf course to maybe find your putting, you think about Cam Champ coming in here last year, you know, he was like a 125th or something on tour and putting. And then I led the field or was top five and putting that week. It's a, it's a really friendly greens where if you're going well with your, with your driver and your irons, all of a sudden, you know, you might, the hole might start to look a, a, a little bit bigger. So, um, Arnold Palmer design group built this. I've seen some reports out there that Tom Lehman was involved in this, but most people credit Arnold Palmer with the design. If you've played an Arnold Palmer, I think it kind of looks like a Midwestern version of Bay Hill in the sense that, you know, the rough will be up. Um, and there's water, like feels like there's water on every hole, even though there's, I think there's water on maybe 13 holes or something like that, but it just feels like water kind of frames the golf course in the same way that it does at Bay Hill. All right. So the field for the 3M open better than the John Deere, but you know, still weak on the heels of the open championship. Not a lot of those guys are going to fly over here and play TPC twin cities, but um, we have our Michiganders, Ryan Brem and Brian Stewart in the field this week, both of whom I think, you know, have a good chance to play well. Stewart was actually tied sixth in his first try here last year. So again, that speaks to what do we know about Brian Stewart? He's one of the shortest, but also most accurate players on the tour. If you are in the fairway and you're good with your long irons, you don't have to be long here. It always helps to be a bomber because you can play shorter clubs into the green. If you go back and watch Wolf's highlights, he basically hit a wedge into every green and eagled 18 on his way to beating Bryson and Morikawa by a stroke. Um, so our our guy, our Michigan guys cover both ends of that spectrum. Brem is brilliant with his driver and very, very long, whereas Stewart is very, very straight and can play can hit it you know, can make a lot of birdies despite coming into the green from a little bit farther away. So I like both of our Michigan guys this week. And then Marty fish, who you may know as a professional tennis player is in the field this week. Apparently he is an absolute stick hunter. He is very good. Got to get a little buzz going for three. M. got to get a little buzz. Bring it, I don't hate it. Bring in I don't Marty. Hate it. And uh, Brandon <clears throat> Matthews is up from the corn Ferry tour. He's another bomber and a guy that I think, can play really well this week if you're looking for somebody to use in DraftKings a little a little down low. He should set up nicely here. And if you're hot on the corn ferry, like it's not if you're hot, you're hot. You know, like playing good, it's not like you go all of a sudden you have to play four strokes better because you're on the PGA tour. Like these guys are all good. 
So if he plays within himself and plays well, he could easily be in the mix. I'm thinking about possibly even a top 40 wager on Brandon Matthews this week. So what are the key stats this week? Total driving, whether you're in, whether you're long or short, get it in the fairway and you're going to have a chance to make a lot of birdies playing into very large greens and who can get hot bent grass putting over a four day stretch. In the case of Michael Thompson, we know him to be a good putter. So he comes in and continues putting well. In the case of Cam Champ and Matthew Wolf, we know them to be subpar putters who got hot for that week. So I don't think you can necessarily look at a player type. You just, these guys need to be able to hit greens in regulation. They need to avoid bogeys and they need to be able to make birdies. So I'm looking at birdie or better, bogey avoidance, total driving. And then on the approach stuff, there are just under half of your approaches come from over 175 yards here. All the par threes are over 175, which is not a surprise. I mean, these guys can still hit a nine or an eight iron 175, but uh, one of the par threes stretches all the way out to 228. So again, like a Brian Stewart, you know, that's a guy who's good with those clubs and good approaching the green from the 180, 190 type of distance. So that is one way to get it done out here. The favorites, try not to laugh. Finau is at the top of the odds board. He is 11 to 1 on DraftKings, 13 to 1 on FanDuel. Sung Jay is about 16 to 1. Um, and there is some variance book to book, especially on weeks like this when you've got a weaker field, a little tougher for the casinos to handicap. Um, and then you've got this kind of weird group at 18 to one that includes Hideki McNeely, who had a decent week out of the Kuda, where his parents are members at old Greenwood Hadwin, who's played well in this event before Tringali, who played well at the Scottish open before backing up on Sunday. And, uh, I believe played well at this event last year before stop me. If you've heard this before backing up on Sunday, those guys are, 18 to one. If there was ever a week where it felt easy to fade the top, uh, this is probably it. And Hunter, apparently Hideki Matsuyama is not on the live tour because if he's in this field, I can't imagine he's committed to live. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so sure. He hasn't, he hasn't teed it up yet. Could be getting in one more round at the 3M, the coveted three, uh, the last, the, the swan song of the PJ tour being 3M open. For Hideki. Uh, um, <laughs> course history, it's short, but the guys who lead the way in that regard, Finau, Tringali, Hadwin, uh, Charles Howell, who unfortunately has withdrawn, I believe, Bryce Garnett. Interesting to see up there. Again, a shorter player. Bo Hogue has played well here in the past. Adam Long was in contention last year. Roger Sloan, the Canadian, $6,400 on DraftKings, I believe, this week. Interesting bomb play. Cam Davis has played well here. Seems to play this uh, well this time of year. Um, Ryan Armour, Troy Merritt, who's very good with his irons and can get hot and make a lot of birdies. Michael Thompson, of course, winner. Hank Lebiota has made the cut in all three tries here. Pat Kazar, Wyndham Clark popped here. He's a, a very long driver of the golf ball and can get very, very scorching hot with the putter. Again, that can be a deadly combination here at the 3M. And then Hideki has a top 15 and just one appearance, so he pops up here as well. Guys who are just leading the way in strokes gained total over the last 24 rounds. Again, Finau, a deserving favorite because he's first on this list. There's Davis Riley, who's going to get a lot of love this week and uh, probably for good reason. JT Poston, Sahith Gala, which is interesting. Brendan Steele. Very, very good on the approach over the last 24. There's Hideki, Svensson, Cam Davis again. Nick Hardy pops up here. Brendan Todd, Adam Long again. There's Hunter's guy, Chris Goderup. Michael Gligich, the Canadian. There's Sungjae, Wyndham Clark again. There's Tringali, Adam Shank, and Tom Kim in the field this week. Off a couple of good weeks at the Scottish and the... Uh, open championship. Unfortunately, he's 28 to one. We talked about him a couple weeks ago after the Scottish. He is going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think, in the future. And don't be surprised at all if he plays well again this week. I don't know if those guys will be tired. 
Um, Tom Kim's a young guy, so probably the excitement and the adrenaline outweighs the fatigue of the travel, but it is kind of something to take into consideration. Do you like the guys that played in the open championship last week, or would you rather play some of the guys that are well-rested and have been stateside? Um, and then if you take putting and short game out of it, just the T to green stuff last 24 Finau still at the top steel moves up. There's Riley still Decky moves up the gala. Steven Yeager pops up here and he's known to be a great putter. So I think he's probably an interesting option for uh, maybe DraftKings lineups this week. There's JT Poston again, Sungjae, John Ha, another guy who's very good tee to green and streaky with the putter. Um, interesting to see him pop up here. Matthew Neesmith, Martin Laird, who had a really good week uh, at the Barracuda, Emiliano Grillo, who we saw play well at the Deer. Adam Hadwin, Cam Davis, Adam Spenson, Tyler Duncan, Adam Long again, and Michael Glidgick again. So those are kind of the, the pool of players that I think we all need to be to be looking at uh, uh, as we consider who to back here for the 3M Open. Hunter, any strong takes on who you feel is going to play really well here? You were spot on with Hubba Hubbard last week. Unfortunately, he's withdrawn this week, I imagine you like Chris Goderup this week, considering he fits that Cam Champ Matthew Wolf profile, which has proven to uh, do well here. Yeah, I like him. I think we're finally back. I think is that three weeks ago now that he played really well, and then he his numbers got so short. Uh, and he killed everybody at the Barbersall because yeah. everyone was on him and thought yeah, him he, I mean, he was going to win, and he didn't play well at all. Yeah, so I, I think uh, he may have come back to earth a little bit as far as the books go so i don't necessarily hate i don't think he's necessarily gonna win but i don't hate the number um somebody i do like i just all you you, you said it in the beginning that like it, you don't necessarily have to be a good putter here but you also have to make a lot of birdies so it's kind of like a i'm not sure which way to go with this but a name that i really like who i who is a ball striking machine is brandon Steele. Uh, and over the last 24 rounds, he he leads all players in the field in driving. He's second in approach, 10th in par 5 scoring, 11th in par 4 scoring. It's really all about his putter, and he is a terrible putter. But if he yeah. could just get exactly it, if right. he could just get to like maybe only losing one shot around on the greens, then because he went from. <laughs> From January through the players, he lost three strokes around on the putting greens over over his last three starts, where he's fin- <laughs> where he's finished top twenty five in each one of those starts. He's only lost one point five, one point six strokes per round putting. So if we can just maybe get it to about one, losing one per round, I could see Brandon Steele because I don't think he's gonna take many penalty strokes. I think he's gonna strike the ball. Yes. Uh, to smithereens and then it's just a matter of if he can just make a few putts just get him rolling and the greens are easy like you said so it makes sense uh another name i like a lot is um so that brand steel i think that's 33 to 1 to win I'm not sure if you make enough putts but i don't hate the top 20 at one plus 180 yeah i like that too uh another name i really like is adam spenson um he is on a really playing some solid golf he's seven for seven since the byron nelson uh with top 25 his last four straight starts um coming off a solo sixth place at keen trace and he's only played this event one time back in 2019 he finished t 15th um i saw him at 40 to 1 when i checked this morning he's already bet down to 35 to 1 to outright so that's name i mean he's just been playing i, I don't it's so hard to pick. I almost think it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. You mentioned handicapping these events is easier, but like when, when it's this wide open, I almost struggle to pick an outright winner a lot more where I, I see all these top 30, top 40 numbers, which are still really good. So I kind of see Adam falling in that top, top 20 range. Top yeah. I like, bo- I like both those guys and I think they're, they're very similar plays. So are, are similar, um, they have similar games. Fenson's a little shorter off the tee than Steele, who who can get it out there farther than probably we think when we think about Brendan Steele. But those are two names you're going to hear a lot from 
other guys in the in the golf gambling community this week because statistically they do line up really well. I did bet Svensson. Um, I get an early though. I have it at fifty to one. Um, the other guys in that range that I like, I did bet Chris Goddard up at fifty to one as well. I think he was a little higher than that, but he got bet down fast. Um, right out of the gate because he does fit that wolf um, champ kind of profile. And because like you said, the number softened so much after the poor performance at Barbasol, the other guy in that range who I really like, and who we've talked about a lot on this podcast is Nick Hardy. Uh, I think this is a perfect course for Nick Hardy. He's very straight and very long off the tee. He will give himself tons of opportunities to make birdies this week. And he's a good putter. So um, guy from the Midwest, this course should look very familiar to him. It should set up very nicely for him. I really like Nick Hardy this week, 45 to one. Um, And I also got in on champ because I think this has been in a lot of ways, the year of the, uh, you know, we've had, uh, K was it KH Lee went back to back Burns went back to back two guys have already successfully defended titles on the PGA tour this season. I would not be surprised. Cameron champ is just that kind of player who, when he plays well, gets into contention 65 to one, I thought was fair. And so I got in, those are kind of the mid range guys, you know, I can't quit Bo Hostler on a wide open golf course. Well, not wide open on a, on a golf course with large fairways and large greens where making a lot of putts can vault you into contention. I don't think it's a perfect fit, but I can't quit that. And I got in early at a hundred to one. I think he's down to 80 ish now. Um, and then Adam Shank for kind of the same reasons back at 150 and Garrick Higo. If you like the driver putter, driver wedge, um, like if you like Chris Goddard, Higo, uh, the South African has seems to have kind of rebounded a little bit. He is such a volatile player, but he won at Congaree last year. Um, certainly capable of winning a PGA Tour event like this, and 150 to one is a really good number for a player of that quality. I should say, I believe it's all three of Wolf Champ. And Michael Thompson were all 101 or longer coming in when they won this event. So it's certainly the 3M can generate long shot winners. Um, but you'll notice I have not been anybody at the top. And I am, I do think we have to consider Hideki for the iron play and the soft number. You know, I just, the guy gets just, just playing gets soft numbers. He didn't come through with the open championship at 50 to one, but. You know, are we going to be surprised if Hideki comes out here and, you know, shoots two or three rounds in the low 60s? No. On flat, bent grass, greens, where you have to hit a lot of approach shots from 175 to 200. I mean, if he keeps it in play off the tee, look out. Um, and then I, I'm i kind of like going back and forth between Davis Riley and Cam Davis. I like them both. I really like Cam Davis. I think I'll probably end up one and dunning him. By the way, I wanted and done Rory last week. Um, you mentioned. Just should set up beautifully here. Wasn't overseas. You know, like I think both of those guys are really, really interesting this week. I, in some ways, I wish I hadn't gotten a, so carried away with the opening odds and trying to smash these numbers before they got bet down because – spread myself out a little bit, but uh, Cam Davis, probably, you know, Davis, both Cam Davis and Davis Riley. I really like both of those guys. So those are guys that I'll look at potentially for outrights and probably for top twenties as well. Uh, I think it's really important. We only have, we only have three tournaments left of the regular season. Like these guys, like you mentioned, Nick Hardy, he's in, he's in spot one thirty two right now. He could use a good couple weeks. Like Grayson Sig is just on the outside looking in at one twenty six. Uh, Stuart Sink is on the outside looking in. So I do kind of like looking at these names in like that 125 or 126 to to 135 range, guys that need to play well. Like this is their time to, these next two weeks is really their time to kick it into high gear. 
The other guy who fits the profile here that I we should mention is Thigala, and he's in that same range as Riley and Davis. If you were not going to back him this week, it's probably for the because he was at the Open Championship. Is he going to be as motivated as some of these other guys who are, you know, bubbly, if you will, like you mentioned? But again, that's a guy who can make a ton of putts, ton of birdies, rates out really well in birdie or better, DraftKings points. Hard not to like Thigala. I think that really maybe this, you know, when you consider Thigala, Riley, Cam Davis, you know, maybe Nick throw Hardy and Svensson and, and got her up in there. Those are kind of the guys that feel like, boy, if I could bet that group against the field, I might, I might do it because I really like all those players in that kind of mid 20 up to fit up to 50 range, because I think they're, and they shoot the golf course and they're, they're, mo- they're going to be highly motivated, whether it's to, uh, elongate their careers on the PGA Tour or, or get their get their first victory. I mean, Thigala is really knocking on the door and he played much better than I expected him to overseas. Yeah, same. That's quite the preview for the 3M Open. It's a really important tournament, Hunter. Yeah. Always the next one. That's the most important one. All right, good luck, guys. Yep. Well, so if you're playing in the Kick Cup this week, I'll see you out there. Try not to mention that you're a listener of this podcast. <laughs> At least not too loud. <laughs> see you guys.